Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Great job on Sounds of the Week by Austin Horton. Brought to you by U-Conference Football 14U Division. will allow players the full high school experience. High school rules, unlimited weights, real football. Tired of rec league competition? Sign up today. UConferenceFootball.org. Let's compete. Let's play. Big show live from the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Stop on by and see us. Price is so low it'll blow your mind. We also have some jazz gear left. We have some hats. We have some shirts. We even have one of those uh, figurines left, if that's uh, something you want. David James sitting in for Gordon Monson today. Jake Scott with you, of course. And uh, Gordon will be back on Monday. PK will be back on Monday, too. Fact. Gang will all be back together again. Yep. Let's ride. It's go time. The next month will be really interesting in the NBA. You figure what's today? Is today the 13th or 14th? 14th. It's the 14th. One week from today, July 14th, will be two weeks into free agency. Not only will all the big names have landed, all the second-tier guys will have landed, and I would think that the vast majority of veteran exception guys will landed. I think those rosters will be 95% filled out. We'll have uh, a, an idea of what we're looking at by a month from today. Exactly. A month from today, we will have a very, even three weeks from today, we'll have a pretty good handle on it, but a month from today, we'll really know. We're hoping to uh, talk to Hans Olsen about a little college football coming up here momentarily if Hans decides that he wants to, you know, uh, duck off the eighth green and pick up the phone. So hopefully we'll talk some uh, some college football uh, with Hans Coming up here in a minute. Oh, in fact, he's he's ready to go. Joining us now on the Sprint special guest line to hear from noon three every single day next to uh, alongside Scott Gerard. Oh, hey, Hans, how are you? Doing good. You probably have a better um, chance of getting an interview with Kyle Whittingham with no sound in the background than getting an interview with me right now with no sound in the background. Sorry. Are you are you currently mowing your lawn? <laughs> I would stop, but I've got a lot of lawn. So you're just going to press on through, <laughs> talking to us on the hands-free? True story. True story. My, my next-door neighbor has a little, like, mini lawnmower, and yeah. it's got, like, the little, I don't know how it has the sensors for what the, and he puts it on, and it moves like one of those slow floor polishers, but it's self-guiding, and it slowly cuts the lawn, and he's inside watching TV or whatever. It's pretty sweet. That's yeah. ridiculous. It, it is, but, like, but it works. Do you have to code in the lawn, or do you, like, how does it know where to go? Apparently. I, I haven't broken down the, uh, the math of it all. But, yeah, it must somehow be coded in somehow. I don't know. But it knows. Well, Hans, we certainly appreciate you uh, taking a break for a moment from the yard care out there and coming on and talking a little, uh, little college football. What, uh, hey, what number did you guys reveal on the, uh, the 1660 today? Number 54 today. And it was Talon Shumway, right? Am I uh, am I uh, remembering that correctly? Yep, Talon Shumway at number fifty four, and I don't think that's too far off. I, I kind of feel like Talon Shumway was one of our last five in on the top sixty and sixty. Um, I think you could probably put him anywhere in the fifties. And uh, it, it just feels like his—I don't know—it it feels like he actually just took a step back from year two 
to year three, now coming into his senior year, hopefully he's developed, hopefully he's healthy, and hopefully he's the talent Shumway we all expected him to be when he stepped out on the field as a freshman. How can we possibly know the best 60 in order when Utah State, Uncle Merlin School, has 50, count them, 50, 5 newcomers? <laughs> Is it 50? I saw Gary Anderson announce all the newcomers that are actually old comers for anybody who watches football in the state of Utah. He's got a couple of those transfers and names that we're very familiar with, but... I think Utah State's probably the most unknown of all the three. Well, I guess you could throw five Division One schools. I, I, I don't know a ton about Southern Utah. I know Weber State's pretty stacked. But I would say that Utah State is probably the team I know the least about with the most exiting. And obviously it's the, the, the mix and match up front on that offensive line is going to be the biggest question. Well, answer me this then, Hans, and obviously since we it's a little bit of an incomplete with Utah State and 50 newcomers, I mean, that's that's just wild. DJ asked me, though, how, or earlier this week, how many wins I expected from Utah State. And, and granted, this is kind of a shot in the dark, incomplete info and all that stuff, but what, what are your expectations from a win standpoint for Utah State this year? Uh, it's it's funny. You know how I run that, Jake. I always get kind of about a week, maybe two weeks out after I've been in camp and I've really got to evaluate. Other than that, I throw out guesses. And I would say that the biggest guess is probably eight, maybe nine wins. I actually think they're going to have some inexplicable losses. I, I'm a little bit worried uh, and, and I know that Riley Burt's going up there, and, and I'm sure that they've got some other talent in store in the run game. But I'm a little bit worried, I guess, how everybody adapts to a new offensive coordinator. I, I'm wondering how Jordan Love adapts without having the clean pocket or the four big threats that he had to throw to um, with the main outlet at the tight end position. I do hope the guys like Caleb Rep can fit in at tight end, and, and I do know that they've got a, 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 an outstanding prospect that's coming in to take, take more reps from where Dax Raymond was. But I've just got too many questions to say that they are Mount West Conference champions and that they're a 10-win team. I, I, I would say eight needs to kind of be the line. Nine would be a great season, in my opinion. This is why I believe that Hans Olsen has an enormous head, a massive brain, and it is stuffed with all sorts of football knowledge because he doesn't come on the air and blurt out 10 like somebody else I know and have to be talked back by another veteran observer of that the game of football. It did happen yes. to me. Yeah, that's true. Hans, obviously, when I praise you like that, it's because you agree with me, Hans. You know who we like? You know, <laughs> the smart people who agree with us. Oh, yeah, I like Person X because they agree with me. Sports, religion, <laughs> politics, aquariums, whatever. That's who we think is smart. People agree with us. I'm totally with you. I think I think eight or nine, I don't know enough about their opponents. The one place I disagree with you, Hans, is that I don't think they will have inexplicable losses. I think they will have completely explicable losses, and I don't even know if explicable is a word because monogamy's not that big and it's not filled with fabulous <laughs> vocabulary. But I look at their schedule. This is not the schedule they had last year, and this is nobody's fault. It's just the way it is. Well, that's not true. It's the fall of the Mountain West Conference 
office because honestly, if you gave me a big box of crayons, I could do the schedule better. And by the way, I can do the Pac-12 schedule better too, but we can get into their issues in another segment. But the fact that the crossover games for the Mountain teams are split up so poorly, every four years you have a chance to assess and reestablish, and having to play San Diego and the Fresno in the same years is crazy. They should have been split. UNLV and Nevada should be split. Hawaii and San Jose State should be split. And you can't always know who's going to be good, but I think we had a good enough idea to know those should be split. And the fact that in a four-year cycle, there's one year where you have to go to Fresno and San Diego in the same year means in four years, this is clearly the Aggies' toughest schedule. It's not debatable. Yeah. And so you got to scale that in. Now, they have Boise State at home. That's difficult. they got BYU at home. That's difficult. They're going to Wake Forest into LSU. I put LSU as out there is impossible. That's why they're not going 12-0. and If everything goes right, they're still going 11-1. and I think the five games I just named, uh, Fresno, San Diego, Boise, um, and then you throw in BYU and Wake Forest also in the non-league category. Well, what are they going to do with those five? The other six, they better win. Or certainly go five and one in the other six. Maybe some will have a breakout year and, and uh, you know, it'll make sense if they lose one of those games. But these other five, they're going to go two and three. They're going to go three and two. If they go three and two and they sweep the bad six and they lose to LSU, then hands your nine and three comes true and you're right. You're looking at that season going, you know what? That was a pretty good year. That was a pretty yeah. good year. Here's the thing I'm with you on, Hans, that you touched on also that I think is spot on. What's going to happen with the Aggie offensive line? There's some mix and match. Could work out really well. Could work out pretty poorly, especially if they have a maybe an inopportune injury or two. Uh, you always worry about your center going down. You always worry about your left tackle going down. And I think it's a similar situation at Utah where, you know, they lost three guys to the pros. they got to be replaced. Now, they, the way it worked out, they kind of had six starters last year, really, because the way they had to move. Maybe you got confidence even you were set, thought you were seven deep last year. But you still got to be as a unit. you still got to integrate at least one new guy, but realistically two or three. So when Jake comes out and says 10 wins for the Utes and 10s for the Aggies, and I'm like, and they both got issues choose to solve on the O-line, and they may solve them, but I can't sit here and say 10 wins in June with a straight face. It's June. Why not? Everybody's <laughs> optimistic. <laughs> yeah, get me a big tumbler full of the Kool-Aid. I'm drinking it all. And it might work out. I just don't see how you can predict it now. Well, I would say that I think Utah has more likely uh, the 10 wins than Utah State. I mean, I, if you were to kind of draw it up that way, I would say that Utah's got more of a chance at 10 than than Utah State. I, I Just because of the stacked talent and I, I feel like their schedule and the way the Pac-12 works out right now probably more beneficial in, in comparison to what Utah has on roster. Um and and I also think there's less questions about Utah than there is Utah State. Um, I, I know that you're going through a new offensive coordinator, but uh, I think that they've got a couple of guys back there with with Zach and Tyler that can really run and orchestrate this offense. And I think that Britton Covey can calm everything down. And I also think that Cole Fotheringham and Brant Keithy are going to be two sweet outlets at tight end. So I feel more comfortable saying Utah at 10, but I don't think either of them get to 10. My, my initial impression is that both of them, and, and I'll call them inexplicable because I, I, I think that there might be a, a loss that we probably did count as a win. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's BYU for Utah. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm just saying something inexplicable could happen, and I, I expect it to with both Utah and Utah State. 
But 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 still, I think eight nine wins. It's not like I'm taking shots and I'm saying that these are garbage teams. They they're led by two great quarterbacks, and obviously have some high octane defensive players. It's just there's I've got so many questions, DJ. Hans Olsen with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hans, I know you've talked a lot about uh, Coach Sataki and his contract status. He's not going into the final year. He's going into, I guess, the, the second to last year of his deal, but that has been somewhat controversial. Uh, BYU has not given him that extension yet. What do you think they're looking for this year before they would confidently uh, pony up the dough? I think that they are really eyeballing how Kalani is able to prepare and perform against Boise State, Utah State, and Utah. I I think that that is probably primary issue number one is how you're doing against your in-state and your next-door neighbor uh, rival. And I think that Kalani has actually settled down a lot of questions in regards to what he's capable of. The one question that really remains and is kind of a big black eye on this whole thing is how you do against your, 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 um, your rival opponents. So you've got to circle three games, Utah, Utah state and Boise state. He's got to be two and one. He's got to be, he's he, he even one and two, Oh, and three is just not going to, it won't cut it. One and two, still, there's going to be a lot of questions that if he's capable, he really has to find a way to either beat Utah State, Boise State, Utah, Boise State, or Utah State, Utah, and get that 2-1, if not that 3-0 sweep, to, to put all this to bed. They're not getting a 3-0 sweep. I'm calling that right now. That's not happening. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so Two either. 2 one Two and one would be outstanding, but if they're one and two and they win at Tennessee and beat USC and people are complaining about him, I would tell them, stand down, Cowboy. That's a pretty good run. Because it's, and I get why you say those three games, because if, if you look at those four teams and, and BYU's fourth in the pecking order, that's a problem. I can't deny that. Um, and if you lose all three of those games, you're probably not breaking through against Tennessee and, and USC anyway. Uh, you know, it's yeah. the same club that's playing them. But I view those Tennessee and USC games as huge because while those are name programs, they're coming off middling years maybe they'll get it together and be great but right now they're projected both to be kind of middling and and the fact is that in the independent era BYU's been good against bad power five teams mm-hmm. and they've been decent against the middling power five the top of the power five has lit them up like a Christmas tree but and that's why I would worry about them going to Washington that could get ugly because Washington could be top of the power mm-hmm. five it got it got ugly a year ago right so the Washington game which is a home game this year um, that's going to be difficult and I've got that as the most difficult game on their entire schedule uh but if they break through against usc and tennessee and are two and two uh i think even if they've lost to utah if they split with boise they and utah state that's three and three they're probably cleaning up on most of the other games they beat san diego state at the end you could be sitting at eight and four that wouldn't that wouldn't be the end of the world as a matter of fact i'd sign off on that right now if they're eight and four and they're one and two in those three games it's not a terrible year given the way the other three teams are performing yeah yeah, you can make an argument for it, DJ. I still think that the guys, the powers that be, will sit there and look at it and say they've got, that Kalani's got two wins out of, what would that be, three, six, nine. So would it be two and seven? Is that right? Two and seven right. over the. 
So, so, so flip that over. And I wonder what Bronco said in a private meeting that we'll never know. Or what Kalani might say in a future private meeting that we'll never know. But what if a coach looks back at an administrator and said, yeah, well, you made us an independent in the West. So is that really a coaching problem? Or is that a you problem? Get us back in at least the Mountain West. Independence isn't helping. Yeah, no, there's there's all kinds of excuses that can be made. I, I just... When you when it boils down to it, uh, it, I think the excuses all go away. You just look at the rivalry games and say beat them. And and I don't care about the Tennessees and USC's. I, I I get to the feeling that administration would love to see it, and it'd be great. They just want them to beat BYU or Utah, Utah State, and Boise State. Hmm. That's the hangup. That's the that's the problem. I think he's one and eight, and you if you go one and two, then you go to two and ten. It's that that's a huge problem for for Kalani for BYU football. Like you talked about, you can't end fourth in that in that hierarchy. Uh, four out of four years, it's just it's unbearable. So you know, and 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 also, there comes a time in in all of our lives and and in all of our situations where excuses are just thrown out the door and admission excuses and scheduling excuses and conference excuses. And at some point, everybody just looks at it and says, beat your rival. And and I know that Kalani's got those games circled. I know that they're primary importance. I know that it means the world to Tom Homo. And I know that if he can come out of that two and one or three and all to, to Jake's question, that's going to go a long way to calm down the nerves and possibly put ink to paper for another three years. And I get why you say excuses, but I think they're excuses and reasons, and I draw on my background as a San Diego State fan. San Diego State had terrible basketball teams. They were routinely last or next to last. They were playing in a 4,000-seat gym on campus. They were playing in the rundown sports arena off campus, and they fired a bunch of coaches because of no excuses. They'd been to two NCAA tournaments, uh, no, I guess three NCAA tournaments all time and never won a game. No excuses. They got tough, and they fired coaches, and it never helped. And then they built an arena on campus, 12,000 seats, and suddenly they won their first NCAA tournament game ever. They went to the Sweet 16. They produced a player who just won an NBA championship. Hey, it wasn't the coaches all those years. It was really the presidents and the ADs and the donors that wouldn't build the bleeping gym on campus. Hello, Mr. Potenthead. That's exactly exactly where I was going to go with you, DJ. I mean, okay, so I just said stop making excuses for Kalani and and his football team. Those aren't excuses for the administration. What those are are problems for the administration. Yeah. And if you want those areas fixed, you don't fire Kalani. You fire yeah. Tom Homo. If you want those areas fixed, you go to these guys that have been inept in an ability to get into a conference or to change their scheduling situation or to renegotiate in certain areas or to hire the correct staff, the support staff, or to, to generate the revenue. I mean, you've got like five or six former players over there that are supposed to be generating donations and revenue that they can put back into this program. Fire those guys. Fire Tom Romo. Fire administration. If, that, if, if, if you're trying to work those excuses for Kalani year in and year out, those aren't excuses. Those are issues. Those are shortcomings. Fire the administration then. 
And like you just pointed out, DJ, then you can start to heal and fix the things internally. Yeah. But outside of that, I don't think Kalani wants excuses. I don't think the coaching staff, I don't think the, the roster, I don't, they don't want to hear about conference crap. They want to hear about this. They've got games in front of them. they got to win them. They, they had the unfortunate uh, outcome of having four big-time universities out of the gate put in front of them, and they're looking at it like, well, we got to go. we got to go get it. Now, BYU fans, if you're sick of that, and if you got a problem with the way things are organized, it's not Kalani administration go after them but I, i'm not and i don't think kalani wants me to make any excuses for him and his and his football team he knows what he has to do hans holson with us 97.5 and 1280 the zone all right real quick on a lighter note i have a question for both of you and i want to see if i guess the answers correctly all right let's start with with dj dj if you could get rid of one drop in the system that could never be played again what would it be oh <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, we're the two guys that get beaten up the worst. You, you, you Gordon gets do. beat up, but I really don't think he gets beat up as bad as... Uh... And Wang. Now, I don't, mind. I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind that one at all, actually. I think that one's kind of funny. Um, it, it might be Debbie. See, that would be my guess. Ding, yeah. ding, ding. Yeah. You don't sound like a You Debbie, don't really right? sound like a Debbie. Well, you I didn't help. Like See, now you got to play it again. I'm going <laughs> to talk over it, so I don't care. I'm just going to talk over it. Hey, and there. I'm, not, and now, I'm, I'm not biting on this bait. I'm not biting on this bait. Go ahead, and, like, go ahead and play Jake's the pig man. He hates it. getting the drops. Uh, he, yeah. This is Jake's way of getting the drops. I'm not biting. But it's if it's I did it's... have to eliminate one, it'd be the pig man. I knew it. I knew it. I hurt for you when I hear that. I hurt for you. Herpes part two. Uh, see, I would have thought 100 out of 100 times it would have been Gus. Uh, the, the Gus one bugs me. I, don't I thought that Gus. went away just because you guys are making fun of one of my, my dead children. Right. <laughs> see, this is why I thought you would have said, said Gus for sure. Because you're so emotional about it. And Austin's not going to play it, Hans, so you don't have to worry about it. Well, then let's do the Austin's got a heart, man. That's horrible. That really is. Whoever did that? Whoever did that? that what were, what were you wrong. doing, Hans? You were, you Santa were... is not delivering on Christmas morning. What You were describing uh, the noise you make on the elliptical or something. What were you doing? Yeah, I said when I crank up full intensity on the elliptical, I and and I just was telling Scott because Scott he's like, oh, you've been working out, you know, and I'm like, yeah. I said, well, I've been cranking up the, the intensity. It's just I can't do it in public because I make this sound, and I didn't think that it'd be recorded and played every time Pig gets brought up. <laughs> uh, Hans, you are a good sport as a as are you, David James, and uh, great stuff on college football as always, Hans. We can't thank you enough for giving us a few minutes and uh, taking a break from mowing the lawn. We appreciate it, man. Hey, uh, big thanks to both of you. You guys are doing a heck of a job. And, and any time, Jake, let me know. Thanks, buddy. Hans right, Olsen, noon to three each and I every love, day. I love that Hans went into the safe room at his house. So, they, you know. What's, what's that movie, the one night a year where everything's legal and, and there's murder and mayhem? What? The Purge, yeah. And the, when the, when the, every year when the Purge happens down there in Utah County, Hans goes into the safe room, locks the whole family in there. They're good to go until the sun rises and, and the law takes over again. Would not surprise me. If and he, he went into the safe, safe room. room there so we couldn't hear the lawnmower guy. <laughs> You're in the safe room. You're in the safe room and Hans makes that noise, you know. Hey, I'm just going to go out and deal with the Purge. I mean, I might die, but that is preferable to listen to this all night. Here I am. Come get me. <laughs> The pig man's pretty funny. I thought for sure he'd say Gus, though. No, he, I, knew he, he, I knew he didn't like the pig man. Legit there's hates n- Gus. There's nothing about pig man that's complimentary. <laughs>
really isn't. That's no, awful. It's pretty bad. It's awful on multiple levels. And the Debbie's been around so long, it's it's got to be a staple, right? You can't be too bent out the of shape The stuff that just that makes me anymore. look bad is fine, but that, you know, yeah. I don't know that she needs to hear that forever. That should go away. You've talked to her a few times since, haven't She's you? She's been on the air. She seems to be a good sport about it. She's called back in about other stuff. Haven't heard from her in a while, but that was uh, somewhere we were. That's like eight or nine years old. I don't know how you guys do it, but you and PK from time to time get the most unbelievable callers. We really do. I mean, we just really, the most unreal stuff <laughs> that spectacular. falls out of nowhere. We've also had a few of the most unreal interviews. Remember the TCU beat writer? That was epic. And I don't remember epic. that one. You don't? No. What did he do? Oh, my gosh. Oh, he's an umming and hemming and hawing. There's just so many... It, it was brutal. He just couldn't finish the sentence, and we started just started giggling. And all the and that's when we had the text line, and the text line just blew up. People were going nuts. I was filling in. I can't remember if it was you or, or PK once, but we had a guest on in the morning who just couldn't stop yawning. Uh, that was that's happened more than once. In the I think it was in the Yawk era, he got an a web guy covering Cal a dot comer to talk about the Cal Bears, and he was yawning through the interview. And uh, he was clearly just classic 20-something living in mom's basement who'd been up until 3.30 in the morning and just couldn't handle this interview three hours later. It was brutal. And, and, and the feedback from the public was spectacular. I, um, I, I can't remember the exact number, but the dude who said he saw 20 people in full BYU regalia yeah, that's a smoking, classic call. smoking cigarettes at mm. the Vegas Bowl. That, that drop's available if you want to play it in there. That, that is, one, that's a drop. I, I think I was drinking coffee at the time, and I <laughs> may have spit it. may have spit stuff all over the that table. <laughs> may have happened. All right, we're live at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Our good friend Race joins us once again, and the boss is gone. That means Race is pulling out all the stops. What's up, my man? You know what? When you said yawning, if you're yawning in the afternoon, we got to a way to correct that. Look at that transition. This Highly is- <laughs> trained professional right there. Keep your hands inside the ride. It can be dangerous, but we got a highly trained professional at the head of the head of the train. How about a couple of mattress deals? A Sealy Posturepedic Hybrid Premium Silver Chill Plush California King Mattress and Box Springs. These are the mattresses you want if you have a bad back. I had a hip replacement two years ago this is what i sleep on because i can't sleep on a regular coil spring mattress anymore because there's too much pressure if you have a knee replacement or if you toss and turn a lot or even if you snore hybrids are the way to go for a good night's sleep not that old memory foam that you sweat on these are cooling gel mattresses i just got online and looked at a famous mattress store right here in the salt lake valley and these are the new 2019 models. They want $24.99. And it says on sale. Come in here. Say I heard it on the zone. And I'll give you the mattress and the box spring. How about for $6.99? Wow. Race. That's unbelievable. And that was on sale at the other spot. That's correct. That's incredible. And don't forget about our Queen Sealy Plesh mattresses at $2.99. Instead of 719, we can deliver and we can haul away your old mattress too. Oh man, take advantage of it. Thank you, Race. Uh, get down here, 1967 South, 300 West. We'll have more of the big show coming up next, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. I was at six different uh, Las Vegas Bowls, okay? Uh-huh. And in 2009, I was at the, uh, the I went out at halftime during the, 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 the game there. 
And there were, I counted exactly 24 fans in full BYU regalia out smoking cigarettes. And the lights are shining. The winds are chiming. And we are running out of time. And our hearts are warmer. Growing closer. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Having a great time. Hanging out with Race and the gang down here. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. Stop by, take advantage. We still have a few jazz shirts left as well. David James filling in for Gordon Monson today. Gordon will be back on Monday. DJ, what do you think about um, expectations for Coach Sataki if he's going to get a contract extension? We heard what Hans had to say in the last segment. What do you what do you think? What do you think is a fair standard for the BYU head football coach? Uh if he gets eight wins, uh he needs a new contract. If he gets to seven, it depends on what it looks like and how it happened and extenuating circumstances. Um it's possible you could get to seven beating other teams that have been gutted and it wouldn't be very impressive. It's possible that you've been gutted by injuries and somehow gotten to seven anyway, and it's been an expiring, inspiring, exciting season. I think if they get to eight and four, then I don't know that there's a combination of losses and wins that wouldn't look good if you were at eight and four. And, you know, Hans talks about the, the three rivalry games mean a lot. I get that they should mean a lot. Uh, but what you're trying to do, be a Power 5 school without actually being a Power 5 school, um, you don't have guaranteed access to the playoffs. I know other conferences count them as a Power 5 school, but I know they don't have guaranteed access to the playoff. They don't have guaranteed access to New Year's Six Bowls. All the Power 5s do. I mean, schools that are never going to go to a Rose Bowl or a Sugar Bowl are saying, hey, come here, you can go to the Rose Bowl or Sugar Bowl. We got a chance. And people, you can't say that. So you're not a Power 5 school. It's just not a fair fight. You know, it's uh, you're fighting out – you're fighting outside your weight class. Uh, so if they get to eight and four, if I were them, I'd give them a contract. I'd extend it. Even I, if, if, if you whack a guy at eight and four. Now, this goes to a school I don't want to – I can't get into who, okay? It's not an in-state school. I will 100% okay. tell you it's okay. out of state. But there was a big-time coach who won a conference title who was fired. And, and it was controversial. And I don't even want to tell you the sport. And a person who got hired at that school went in and came into the whole debate later because the, the, the program went backwards. It, on some level, it was a right. mistake. Maybe right. it was that the hire wasn't good enough, but it, it was a problem. And he said, well, you sent a message to the entire coaching community that at this school, you can win a conference championship and get fired. And it's not enough. And that scares the crap out of coaches who don't want to have their career wrecked. So a lot of people who ought to be excited about coaching at this school aren't coming here. And you can say whatever you want about that coach's behavior and all the stuff that went down, but you send a message to the coaching community. Okay? So all the particulars of that case don't really matter here. It was out of state. But if BYU doesn't give an extension – to a coach who goes 8-4 and four on an independent record that's 
season that starts with Utah, Tennessee, USC, and Washington and continues on later with Boise State, Utah State, and San Diego State and go 8-4 and four and he doesn't get a contract extension, you have sent a message to the entire football coaching community. Now, I know BYU, church school, is only going to hire a small percentage of those people. But anybody you might want as a head coach, anybody you might want as a coordinator, heard the message loud and clear. Andy Reid ain't living, leaving the Chiefs to come to a school. Andy Reid ain't walking through that door. He's not. Uh, <laughs> that's not going to happen. So I think at 8-4, he's got to do it. 7-5, it depends on what it looks like. I think, to build off of what Hans said, I was thinking about it as he said it, if anybody in this state goes 6-6 six and six this year, it's a disappointing season. Oh, I totally agree with yeah, that. It's a disappointing season for any one of these three schools. And throw Weber State in there. Uh, they go say, I don't, and like, like Hans said, I don't know enough about Southern Utah. Uh, but if any one of these four schools goes 6-6, six and six, it's a disappointing season. And I think all the coaching staff knows that. I don't think there's any way you could build a 6-6 six and six season for Kalani that would look good. I guess maybe I, you'd have to go something extreme. I mean, you're down to your fourth-string freshman quarterback, and he's a walk-on, right. and he wins six games. So I guess I can build something really extreme. But any normal season that ends semi-normal season that ends six and six is a disappointment. Which just means for us that we should have a pretty fun college football season around here. Winning records, and you know, I know you and uh, you and Zippy came in, uh, Rod Zundel, throwing out uh, ten and two. And if somebody does that, it'll be wildly exciting. I don't see how you can possibly sit here and predict that. But if he pulled it off, I mean, who have the Utes beaten if they've gotten to 10-2? and two? They probably lost to Washington, and they probably dropped one game out of uh, Wazoo, USC, ASU. But that means they went two of those three, and they've struggled. They're 0-4 in the Coliseum. They've lost six out of eight to ASU. They've lost, uh, what, three in a row and four out of six to Washington State. I'm just saying if you expect him to contend for a conference title, expect him to go 10-2. That way, but I'm saying then you – great – and you're you're uh, seven and two at that point. I would assume maybe the loss is BYU and Washington. You went eight and one in league, um, but you're probably seven and two in league. It wins the South. It puts you in the conference title game. You got ten wins. You're feeling like a player. You're feeling like one of the big boys. You're feeling like you got a real good chance to take down Washington, Oregon, Stanford, whoever it is. And hopefully it wouldn't be Washington because we wouldn't want a rematch. I'd rather have a pure title game against a team you haven't played yet. So hopefully it would be Oregon or Stanford. No, I think Oregon's coming out of the North. That's my thought. Okay. And that that well could maybe be. that's just too Justin Herberty, but <laughs> well, I mean betting on a known quantity at quarterback, betting on one of the better quarterbacks in the league is not a bad way to go. No, no, it's not. They I, showed improvement last year. They seem to be trending up. Another year. I mean, they went through three coaches in three years. That's going to hurt any program. I like Cristobal too. I think he's a pretty decent coach, or at least appears that way so far. So they got all the money and all the advantages. Other people have gone up there and won double digits, so he needs to. All right, DJ. Well, hey, I can't thank you enough for sitting in today. No problem. You're the man. You're so nice to fill in, and it is always fun, man. Have fun tonight. Have fun over your weekend. Gordon will take another vacation. I'm quite confident. Oh, yeah. Hey, Chester Shadows, any idea when Gordon might be taking another trip and where he might be going? Well, uh, you know how July gets around Chester's place. (laughs) It's the old anniversary. And no, I don't mean the old marriage anniversary, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Drive-through theater. 
That just uh, <laughs> so that was that was creepy enough. Thank you, Chester. It just brightens your day, though. It kind of does. Yeah, actually. It, it just brings a smile to your face. That's what Austin does. Be able to ask for that on demand is kind of cool. All right, I'll well, come back and sub just to do that again. Seriously, no, you're the best. Thank you, DJ. Yep. All right, big thanks to the folks out here at the warehouse. They've been incredible as always. Price is so low it will blow your mind. 1967 South, 300 West. If you have not had the chance to come down here, they have something for you. And let me tell you this, they're selling it for less than everywhere else. I can guarantee you. Do yourself a favor. Stop by the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. It's been a crazy week without Gordon. Gorda will be back coming up next week. Monday morning, or Monday afternoon, Gordon will be here. We'll get his thoughts on the finals, what's coming up in the NBA offseason. It'll be fun to have the big guy back in the saddle. So Gordon will be back with us on Monday. We want to say thanks to David James for filling in today. He's the best. Of course, catch DJ and PK every single morning from 6 to 10. We also want to say thanks to Howard Beck, Bob Casper, Hans Olsen, who are also on the show. Thanks to Austin Horton. Hey, Austin, great week this week, my man. Appreciate all your hard work, uh, as always, but especially with Gordon out of town, stepping up to the plate, making it happen. Thank you, sir. want to thank all our listeners as well. We'll talk to you on Monday on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We'll uh, have more of The Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned. Live from the warehouse, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Is everything I want and more with every step I'm closer to the edge Yeah, I think uh, everybody thinks it's kind of the end of us That's just not smart uh, <laughs> We're not done yet uh, You know, we, we lost this year Clearly this wasn't our year uh, You know, but It's how the cookie crumbles sometimes But yeah you know, I hear a lot of that noise. It's the end of a run and all that jazz. I don't see it happening, though. We'll be back. Welcome back. Big show. That was Draymond Green right there, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Gordo will be back on Monday. We're live at the Warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Still a couple minutes to come by and grab some jazz gear. We still have that. All that big- jazz. Big thanks to uh, David James for helping out today. DJ is the absolute best. Here's the thing with Draymond Green, and Austin, maybe you agree, maybe you don't, uh, but I don't think that they're necessarily done done, but they're done for next year done. I mean, they're they're not going to have the financial flexibility to add anybody else, even if they re-sign Kevin Durant Clay Thompson both. Likely both those guys not available next year. Maybe Clay toward the end, but... I don't know if that's going to be enough to make an impact or, or a title run, but I don't see Golden State being all that great next year with the injuries and not being able to go at another guy. Yeah, I think they'll still be a playoff team. I think that Steph Curry's still uh, an incredible talent, and even without uh, Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson, and I think that Steph Curry can make them still a really tough, must-watch, have-to-defend-them-tightly team, or you'd lose. They are going to be a regular season, uh, really good team. Then it gets to the playoffs where depth absolutely is the key to going all the way in. That's where I think they're not even going to come close to doing what they've been doing. See, I just think they're going to have Steph and they're going to have Dream on and they're going to be surrounded with a G League team. And I just don't know if that's enough to, to get even Golden State to the playoffs just because... I mean, you got to have something, right? And and Iguodala had his moments, but that that guy is well past his prime. DJ mentioned it earlier today. Sean Livingston might retire. I mean, do you do you bring back Andrew Bogut? I know you want to go play down in Australia, and uh, you've been done for a couple of years now. But come on back. 
You know, I just don't know if maybe there's a mid-level guy who can help out there, but you've only got one mid-level exception. I just don't see – I mean, a lack of depth is one thing, but having two players and that's it, I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah, there's other things that can happen, though, too. Can they uh, make some trades? And I know the money would have to work out in their favor, but there's all, there's all kinds of things that are going to happen within the next two weeks in the NBA. I think it's too premature to say that the Warriors won't make the playoffs. There's still Steph Curry. Steph Curry is still capable of scoring 30 points a game and being the MVP next season. And so I don't know why you would think that they're done when Steph Curry is still healthy and ready to go. And I, I don't know. Year after next, they might not be done, but I, I do. I think they're done next year. And, and maybe they pull some magic trade or something like that, but I'm just picturing, like, you, you know, the Jazz, Justin Zanuck picking up the phone and Bob Myers saying, hey, we'll give you Quinn Cook. How about Donovan Mitchell? <laughs> Don't what do you think? <laughs> Quinn Cook in a in a future second. Jonas. Jonas Trebko. He'd oh, like Jonas, being there. He'd love to come back, you know? Come on. What do you think? Donovan. Let's trade it. Let's do it now. He beat you guys on a buzzer beater. You know you want him. We'll throw in McKinney. How about that? We'll we'll throw McKinney in there and that should that should get it done, right? I I don't know. Kevon Looney's a, a a nice piece, I guess, but I mean I just I just don't know how. It's going to be really interesting to see where the Warriors go next year. And, hey, maybe when the big three are back and they have a year to kind of work out the rest of the roster, maybe they're, Draymond Green's right that they're back in the mix. But I don't think that's happening next year. So do you think they have to sign DeMarcus Cousins then this offseason to stay what I'm talking about relevant towards being a playoff team? Not if they have to – not if somebody comes out with a long-term offer for DeMarcus because – I mean, he's he, unrestricted, right? So he'll yeah. go wherever the biggest money is. And he's damaged goods. I mean, that's that's what I'd be worried about if I were if I were Golden State because I don't think. Well, maybe I mean, if Cousins can't find another offer out there in the, you know in the league that's more than a year off, you know a year offer, maybe then they can overpay for a year. But I've certainly not given him a, a long term deal. Yeah, yeah. But maybe the Warriors feel differently. Maybe they've really liked Demarcus. Uh, but I, I don't know if I'm if somebody's willing to give him a three four year deal. I'm not doing it. All right, wrapping up a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to the folks out here at the warehouse. They've been incredible as always. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. 1967 South, 300 West. If you have not had the chance to come down here, they have something for you. And let me tell you this, they're selling it for less than everywhere else. I can guarantee you. Do yourself a favor. Stop by the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. It's been a crazy week without Gordon. Gordo will be back coming up next week, Monday morning or Monday afternoon. Gordon will be here. We'll get his thoughts on the finals, what's coming up in the NBA offseason. It'll be fun to have the big guy back in the saddle. So Gordon will be back with us on Monday. We want to say thanks to David James for filling in today. He's the best. Of course, catch DJ and PK every single morning from 6 to 10. We also want to say thanks to Howard Beck, Bob Casper, Hans Olsen, who are also on the show. Thanks to Austin Horton. Hey, Austin, great week this week, my man. Appreciate all your hard work, uh, as always, but especially with Gordon out of town, stepping up to the plate, making it happen. Thank you, sir. want to thank all our listeners as well. We'll talk to you on Monday on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.